Hey everybody, it's Julia. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast today and I hope I can share something that is meaningful to you and if you don't need it, maybe you could pass the information or the link on to somebody that you think could use it. Anyway, I interact with a lot of young adults and high schoolers throughout my week. I have two college-aged sons, so I get to interact with their peers. And my youngest son is starting his senior year in high school, so I see his friends a lot. But I have even more frequent interaction with teens when I ride and train with the high school mountain bike team. And that is several days a week that I do that. So I spend a lot of time chit-chatting with kids on the team. And as all these kids are getting ready to go back to school or the college kids are starting new jobs, several of them have expressed some apprehension about the social aspect of these new experiences. Many of them are not feeling socially confident as they start their new year and are even avoiding socializing in prep for these new experiences because they feel out of place in a group and so they feel uncomfortable putting forth the effort to make new friends. And as a life coach, I deal with a lot of grown-ups who struggle with the same things. And there have been many periods in my own life where I felt the way these kids do. You know, the memories of feeling socially uncomfortable are really fresh. So today I wanted to talk about social confidence, what it is, what it feels like, and how we can all get more of it. Excuse me. I think we can all recall times in our lives where we have felt out of place socially. Like, I think a lot of us feel that way every single day. You know, there have always been um, times in my life where I didn't fit in, or I just felt like I didn't fit in, or felt like I didn't have much to offer to the group, or just felt uncomfortable in social situations. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. We carry these feelings of social insecurity throughout childhood, and a lot of people carry them into adulthood. And we can fall into the thinking that it's the social situation that makes us uncomfortable. Like, oh, you know, I just am not comfortable in crowds or those kids don't like me, so I'm uncomfortable around them. Or my boss is out to get me or I don't fit in at work. Or, oh, they are all so much more qualified than me. I have imposter syndrome, I'm out of place there. But in situations like this, the person we are often the most uncomfortable with is ourselves. If you think about people that you knew in high school or people you know at work or in your neighborhood that are especially well-liked, just people that you interact with that seem to have a heavy fan base, my guess is the common trait that they all share is confidence. Confidence is an extremely attractive quality. Vince Lombardi said, confidence is contagious so is lack of confidence. And research done by neuroscientists has actually shown that confidence is contagious, like it actually rubs off on people. In a previous episode, I talked about mirror neurons, but as a quick recap, mirror neurons are brain cells, i.e. that is to say neurotransmitters, that fire in a certain way when we act, but also fire when we observe someone performing those same actions. And when we are interacting with someone that we perceive as confident, our brain will fire with the same confidence neurotransmitters, which will give us the feeling of confidence. Now, that is a very abbreviated explanation for this because I don't want to get too sciencey, but the mirror neuron effect of confidence is especially powerful. And this may be just one of the reasons people are so drawn to confident people. Just being around them makes us feel better about ourselves. 
You know, we all want to be liked the way we think these very confident people are liked. Social acceptance is an innate human desire. Humans are wired to want connection with each other and to want to feel a sense of belonging. The problem is that we often don't think we're enough to be accepted just as we are. We don't think we have enough to offer, and so oftentimes we change ourselves and our personalities, often without even realizing it, to fit the mold of what we think other people want. And I think young people are especially susceptible to this. And we do this in hopes of gaining friendship and acceptance and that sense of belonging that we're all looking for. It's common for people who are socially insecure to adopt different personas based on the people they're hanging out with in order to fit in. And this might increase feelings of social acceptance temporarily, but it is not going to feel good in the long run and it's never going to feel good on the inside because can a friendship be deep and authentic when it's based on somebody masking their true personality and pretending to be a different way? I actually know the answer to that question. It is no. You cannot have a meaningful, sustainable relationship when that's happening. So there are many reasons that we may have all adopted this idea, or some of us adopted this idea that we aren't enough and feel like we don't have enough to offer in social interactions. And usually it's based on some limiting belief that we picked up along the way. But as we enter adulthood, we all probably gain a desire to live more authentically and to be comfortable and to recognize that we're doing this and recognize sometimes that our behavior isn't aligned with how we feel on the inside. And so we recognize that we're kind of living a double life, like being a different way around different people. And we gain the desire to no longer feel like we have to do that in order to be accepted. And so when that happens, we start to gain more self-awareness. But, you know, really, wouldn't it always be so much easier and more comfortable to just have a best friend that could go with you into all your social engagements? Someone who always has your back, someone who is always willing to stand up for you, to speak out for you, to sing your praises when you're too shy to share your own accomplishments. Somebody that, you know, you could always laugh with or even laugh at yourself with. Think of how much more confident you would feel if you always had someone like that by your side. You would probably have so much more social confidence. Okay, so you can probably see where I'm going with this. Social confidence comes from being this person for yourself. You can always have that person with you. Social confidence comes from being best friends with you. So the person that you need to become best friends with and take with you into all your social interactions is yourself. And then you won't feel needy or lacking or clingy or desperate for other people's approval because you will already have approval, your own. And what people don't realize is that when you get to this place of self-confidence, self-approval, and self-acceptance, social confidence is a byproduct that allows the weight of other people's opinions to just fall away. It's not like you care less about them or you get good at overcoming them. They just aren't meaningful to you anymore. It becomes a non-issue. And when you come from a place of confidence, you can consider other people's opinions if you think it's something that you should consider. 
and you can take that to heart if you want and you know integrate it into your life or you can forget it but in any case other people's opinions no longer define you and you don't rely on the approval of others to get your worth so we're going to talk in a minute about how to get to this place but first I wanted to talk about this topic of being a social chameleon and that's just what it sounds like you know where you change your personality depending on the group that you're hanging out with and it can be subtle and we often do this without even realizing it um, I, and I know I've been guilty of doing this from time to time and there have been huge portions of my life where I did this when I was younger maybe all the way into my early 20s um, and you know we can excuse ourselves from doing it occasionally maybe it's when we're feeling a little off or we've had a, had a bad hair day or But for many people, this is how they live their entire lives. Being a social chameleon, exactly, the exact definition of that is when we change ourselves depending on the crowd we're around and try to impress others by pretending to be something that we're really not. And this is different from faking it till you make it like we talked about in my last episode, more specifically faking it until you become it because I encouraged people who weren't feeling confident to act as if they are already already confident but the difference between faking it till you make it and being a social chameleon is that when you act as if you are confident what I'm asking you to do is act like a more confident version of yourself not a totally different confident person A social chameleon is somebody who is not acting like themselves but are pretending to be someone or something else because of the fear that they aren't interesting or smart or pretty or successful enough on their own. A social chameleon hides their true selves to gain a sense of belonging and avoid social rejection. And when you're doing this, you're wearing a mask trying to impress others. But relationships can't progress beyond a certain level when they're based on inauthenticity. Wearing this type of social mask also is not to be confused with highlighting different aspects of your personality when you're around different people. Like, we all have friends that we love to laugh with, and when we're around them, it brings out our sillier side. Or friends that we love to have deep conversations with, and so it brings out our very introspective side when we're with them. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about hiding your true personality, often unknowingly, so it's hard to pin pin down when we're doing it sometimes, and then acting in a way that you think would impress others. And a way to know if you're doing this is if you find social um, interactions especially draining, like you feel really cooked afterwards. Maybe it's because you were putting so much effort into a facade that isn't really you. And that takes so much more energy than just effortless uh, socializing that comes from being authentic. So when we are being a social chameleon and seeking approval in the outside world to give us what we really should be giving ourselves, our own approval, we set ourselves up for disappointment because we end up in a life that isn't suited to us. When we create relationships that aren't fulfilling based on a facade, it's not going to be those relationships are not going to be gratifying and worst of all we betray ourselves and we deny ourselves of a more meaningful source of approval which is our own approval so in order to become your own best friend and stop worrying about the approval of others we need to build a friendship with ourselves 
Think about how meaningful friendships evolve. Like think of your own closest friendships and what that process of building that friendship looked like. Sometimes it happens quickly, like you just click with someone or sometimes it takes longer. But to get comfortable with someone, you spend time learning about them. You spend a lot of time with them and thinking about them and you learn what they like, you learn what they don't like, you accept their quirks and weaknesses and maybe even think those things are adorable. You also develop an appreciation for their strengths and their talents and you're like so impressed by how talented they are and you feel proud of them, you appreciate them and you really make an effort to be a good friend to them, to treat them well. And as I've mentioned in several of my episodes, the antidote for a low self-esteem, which is actually what's happening when we're feeling not socially confident, the antidote to feeling that way is a strong sense of self-identity. So in building a friendship with yourself, you really need to get to know yourself the way you would get to know a good friend. What are you good at? What do you love? What is especially awesome about you? What are your dreams and what are your goals? What do your value system and your moral compass look like? You know, you need to really discover all these things about yourself. And then you need to respect and honor these things about yourself, just the way you would respect and honor these things in a friend. You know, would you ask a friend to cross their own moral boundaries? I would hope not. And I would also hope then you would not do that to yourself. Would you like it if a friend lied to you or didn't stick up for you? Then don't lie to yourself and do stick up for yourself. Really getting to know yourself and put that out in the world requires being bold. But when you act in integrity and authenticity and really know who you are, it's then that you can present yourself with confidence in all your social interactions. The sign of someone who is fully authentic and at peace with themselves is that they are the same person no matter who they're interacting with. Now, maybe some of you are listening to this and thinking that this all sounds hard because maybe you don't like yourself very much right now. And if that's the case, take comfort in the fact that this is a very common issue, especially right now, I think, that when the world is kind of in an upheaval and it's something I hear very often in my life coaching practice. Um, And... If you are uncomfortable in social situations, like I said before, chances are you're uncomfortable with yourself. And so there's always room for us to love ourselves a little bit more. And consider also that this doesn't need to be a downer. We don't need to feel down on ourselves about this, but instead, this can be a really exciting place to be in your life because you are filled with the potential to become the type of person that you would want to be friends with. And that's what you need to do. Nothing will change until you really take the steps to get to know yourself. And I promise when you do this and start to appreciate the person you are, your life will totally change. How people treat you will change once you start to change how you treat yourself. Sean Acor is a happiness researcher that I have quoted about 5,000 times who I love to quote. And he found through his research that happiness is the joy we feel when we are working towards our potential. So as you get to know yourself and build yourself and discover your talents and develop those talents, rather than feeling discouraged that you're not where you want to be in your life right now, consider that the journey of 
Self-discovery can be a joyful one because it is the journey towards your potential that actually brings joy. And it is absolutely a journey because there is no finish line in becoming the best version of ourselves. This is a journey towards becoming the type of person that we, that you would want to be friends with, which means working towards becoming someone who keeps their word to themselves. You know, expect the same behavior towards yourself that you would expect a friend to offer you. And once you also take this step to treating yourself better and getting to know yourself and valuing your own friendship, you will find that your friends might change in how they treat you and will treat you with more value and more respect. And if they don't, my guess is it's time to find new friends. Um, We want to be the type of friend to ourselves that speaks kindly to ourselves. Someone who is generous with your time and your emotions towards others, but also towards yourself. And once we realize that the need for approval has been preventing you from discovering who you really are because you've been so focused on trying to please other people rather than trying to please yourself, you become really free to achieve and create what you want in life in a way that is true to who you really are not based on who you've been pretending to be to try to please other people. So once you know who you really are, it becomes easier to find the right group of friends, to build a career that suits you, to interact with others in a way that's meaningful and fulfilling, to join the right clubs in high school and in college and take the right classes that are really gratifying and fascinating. Social confidence comes from knowing yourself, accepting yourself, feeling proud of yourself, and sharing yourself with others. The more you know and act like your real self, the more attractive you become to people who you actually have real things in common with. People who will actually enjoy your company and then the frantic and kind of desperate energy you used to spend on posturing and acting and trying to impress, that frantic energy disappears and is replaced with peace and comfort. Brene Brown, who we all love, right, has said, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. I've learned that there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. End quote. So, like I said before, the root of low self-esteem, which carries into our social interactions and makes us feel like we can't relax and be ourselves, is the idea that somehow we are not enough as we are, either not smart or interesting or pretty or fun or successful enough to be liked as we are, so we try to be something else. And also, I think a lot of people have this idea that when they say, oh, be yourself, it means you have to try to be completely unique from everybody else and be really different from everybody else. So to be clear, being yourself isn't at all about trying to stand out or trying to be different or having to show the world all the ways that you're different from others. It just means that you're following your own path, honoring your own likes and dislikes, and being true to those. When you deliberately try to stand out and be different for the sake of standing out and showing people that you're being yourself, you are again living your life based on how it looks to others and deliberately trying to be different in an effort to show everyone 
maybe that you don't care what other people think. Like, look at me, I'm so different. Like, I'm above caring what other people think about me. But doing it deliberately, that's still a form of validation seeking by acting like you don't need validation. And this type of faking confidence is not actually productive because it's really just another form of seeking approval from outside sources. So maybe your true self is a total wallflower and that is okay. I personally have no desire at all to stand out from the crowd or show others how I'm different. Being mainstream is where I live and where I love being. We wanna get to where the way we act on the outside totally matches the way we feel on the inside. And we wanna get to where the way we act on the outside matches our insides all the time. So I dare you to be the real you. Even if you think you're boring, as long as that's who you really are and that's what feels good to you on the inside, you will find other boring friends that will love you for it. Once my friend tried to teach me to crochet, my friend is not boring, but she loves crocheting. Like she makes skirts and hats and she tried to teach me and I thought, wow, this is not for me. But she loves doing something that to me was so painfully boring. But thank goodness there are people like her in the world because otherwise the world would be void of homemade hot pads and all sorts of doilies. I mean, somebody has to do that type of work. It's not me. But let others see you for who you are, not just your strengths, but your mistakes and your insecurities and all of that. Vulnerabilities are easy to move past when we don't feel like we have to bury them. Embrace your quirks instead of seeing them as a liability. The only way you're going to be your true self is when you're proud of who you are, quirks, weaknesses, and all, all of it. Alan Watts, who was known for popularizing Eastern spirituality in the Western world, like in the mid 1900s, said, waking up to who you are requires letting go of who you imagine yourself to be. And I would add that it especially requires letting go of who you imagine other people think you are. We went to the symphony last year, which is something we love to do as a family. And we went to a certain performance that I have thought about so many times since then, like I'm still a tiny bit consumed by what I saw that night. It was a performance with the Utah Symphony by this girl who was pretty young and very pretty. And I don't remember her name, I should have looked it up, but she was performing in this beautiful, fancy, fancy venue, so many chandeliers with the Utah Symphony, such a wonderful symphony, so many tuxedos and she was totally the star of the show, like totally focused on her and her talent. And she had like costume changes and sparkly ball gowns. It was all very fancy. And she was traveling the world, performing with all these different respected symphonies all over the world doing this show. But here's the thing that struck me. This girl was a Broadway star impersonator. Like she did not sing on Broadway. She sang iconic, Broadway songs as if she was the original performer. So, she, or just iconic female singers. So she would sing a song that like Barbara Streisand had popularized the way Barbara Streisand would sing it. Or then she would sing like Bernadette Peters and my kids did not ha- know who that was. But like she sang songs from Wicked like Kristen Chenoweth would. And I just sat there in awe because A, she was very talented. But even more than that, I was awestruck at how on earth 
she made a career out of what probably started as a living room trick. Like this girl was true to herself. She is being fully authentic. I picture her singing when she was little for her parents in the living room and wonder how on earth she got from that point to now traveling the world as a Broadway star impersonator. Like I imagined her parents listening to her sing and thinking, hey, you should do this professionally. You know, like, did they say that? Because there was no such job, I can guarantee, because she created this amazing life through really knowing herself, really knowing her talents, understanding her talents, believing in herself, working and developing on those talents, becoming the best and boldest version of herself, and then putting herself out in the world in a very big way. And it was successful. You know, you guys could do that too. Certainly this girl had critics. Well, okay, recap, not specifically be a Broadway star impersonator, but discover your own talents and take them out into the world in a very big way. Although if you can sing, I don't know, you might look into it because it's a career now. So, and certainly this girl had critics who were probably like, really? Like, you want to do what? Like, help me understand what you're talking about. But guess what? If we are all truly ourselves, we are all going to have critics. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that's something we need to accept and you need to be okay with it. Aristotle said, criticism is something you can easily avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing, being nothing. That's really the only way to avoid criticism. Now, obviously we all love the approval of others. It feels good. It's always fun to hear nice things. I love it, you love it, we all love it. There's a whole love language based just on words of affirmation. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to hear someone voice their approval of us and taking pleasure in that. But we shouldn't need that in order to feel worthwhile. When we think of external validation, we can think of it as a treat, like a dessert. Like it's delicious and we love it and we would always love more of it, but it's not sustaining and nourishing like our own internal approval is. And if we tried to live on a diet of external validation, we would be left starving, always wanting for more, looking for nourishment and never feeling satisfied, just the same way our bodies would feel if we lived on a diet of cotton candy, or gummy worms, or I don't know, Twinkies. And I'm not trying to underestimate how good and even important external validation can be because it can be truly meaningful when we're recognized for something that we're proud of. We just don't want it to, we just don't want to let it define our worth because it can't sustain us. Gaining confidence by figuring out who you really are isn't so much a process of adding things to your life. Like maybe some of you feel burdened, like, oh my gosh, now what do I have to do to really get to know myself? I have to do all these extra things, but it's actually a process of taking things away, removing the societal messaging about what defines beauty, for example, or taking off our teachers or parents' ideas of who they wanted us to become or removing ideas about who we need to be in order to please others and unloading all the labels we've taken on that have limited us and kept us in the cycle of acting like somebody else or trying to please somebody else. And once we take off all those labels, then we can see the core of who we really are, uncovering our true and probably very awesome personalities. 
In an essay called The Trap of External Validation for Self-Esteem, Darius, okay, here we go, Sicanavicious, I think I got it, said, when we start healing, growing, and thriving, we learn to evaluate ourselves and do it more and more accurately. We can recognize and accept our strengths and shortcomings. We can learn self-validation. We can step out of our comfort zone. We can change our behavior. We can change our false belief systems. We can slowly let go of old survival mechanisms because they didn't aid us anymore. We can start making better choices. We feel that we are enough. We can live a more conscious, more proactive, more loving, and more fulfilling life. So as a reminder from almost every podcast episode I've ever recorded, people treat us the way we treat ourselves. And when you stop seeking other people's approval, you'll find that you will actually gain the approval of more people because they will see that you approve of yourself and they will treat you the way you're treating yourself. And you might even find that other people will start seeking your approval. People are drawn to confidence, like I said before, and when you have it, people will be drawn to you. And then at one point, you will realize that you are that confident person who is triggering somebody else's mirror neurons that is making them feel good about themselves. So people who are socially confident don't need or seek approval or validation from others. And they recognize that criticism has nothing to do with their worth as a human being, even though that criticism may sometimes be valid. When they understand their worth, they can recognize that and take that and not let it affect affect their personal value. People who are socially confident accept and respect themselves and understand and appreciate their strengths and also accept and understand their weaknesses. And they understand that life isn't a competition. They simply run at their own pace, competing only against who they were yesterday. And by constantly growing, they are constantly changing. So those are some markers that we can look for, the things that we should be working towards as we try to gain social confidence. So to gain the social confidence we all want, I'm just going to ask you to start fresh every day. Take into consideration what you've learned from past mistakes and don't let them define you but create a consistent practice of self-care. Talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend and keep your word to yourself. Be nice to others, but be nice to yourself and trust in your own ability to build a life that you love. Mandy Hale, who is a popular author said, you will never gain anyone's approval by begging for it. When you stand confident in your own worth, respect follows. And I know that as you make these changes, you will find out that's true. So I'm excited for you to all practice these skills or maybe pass them on to somebody else who needs them. I want to thank you all for listening and I look forward to connecting soon.